0: In the day of the internet and and the iphone and digital communication why do you want to sell uh, analog notebooks it's, it's completely crazy so um, i think i did like the challenge of of going against the tides
1: hello everybody and welcome to
0: do i need school to be
1: i'm alex and i'm going to sit down and have great conversations with people because we're all diverse. We're all different. We all have different ways of learning. And I want to ask people how they learned to do the things they do. Yeah. Sounds random. Sounds fun. I hope it does because here we go. I am really trying hard to not fangirl on this episode because I am going to be talking to Jérôme Basquia, the founder and managing director from Paper Republic. Now, if you don't know Paper Republic, go to the show notes right now and click on their website because they make beautiful, stationary leather goods, handmade, handcrafted, environmentally friendly products that I personally love. Like Before we started recording, I was showing Jérôme just all the things that I own and he was happy to see it because it's a brand that loves to bring joy to people's lives and they do and truly work with the mission of doing beautiful things well. And this is a great story about entrepreneurship, trial and error, just working with amazing people and just let's get to it. Here's my interview with Jérôme Basquiat. And here we are, we're recording. Hi Jérôme, how are you today?
0: Hello, Alex. Uh, thank you. I'm fine. How are you doing
1: today? I'm good. I'm very excited. I just gave you a little rant, a little show of all the Paper Republic products that I own because I, I don't have a problem. I have a solution. <laughs> and it is most definitely Paper Republic products. I love them. They're my go-to. So I am so excited to have you here in the pod and ask you more about them and about yourself and your journey because... When you, make, when you have something that you love so much, you really want to know where it came from.
0: Thank you so much for, for having me today. Uh, it's a great pleasure. Uh, and it's a good start. I mean, when you're a businessman, you always try to solve a problem. So that's exactly how, how everything started. We, if you have a problem, we try to have the solution and, and try to be good at what we're doing. So good to hear. That's, that's been very really nice.
1: Yes, succeeding. And yeah. so for the audience, please tell us who you are and what you're currently working on.
0: Okay, so my name is uh, Jérôme Bacchias, uh, As you can hear from the accent, I'm uh, born. I was born in, in France uh, some years ago. Now um, I'm living in, in Vienna, in Austria. So I'm, I'm a very European uh, person, uh, um, and I'm the founder and managing director of Paper Republic. I'm also the, the father of uh, three kids. I have a family here, and but my business is uh, is around paper and leather and stationery. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, who I am.
1: That's great. Oh, I love businesses. I love people <laughs> who start businesses and you can tell they love their product. Everything in the brand, I, I, I just personally love the brand and I love what you're doing with it. To me, it feels very wholesome. The purchaser, the client like me gets to see a lot of behind the scenes and how the team works. I I'm fascinated by the special edition uh, notebooks you made to support your part of your team in Ukraine. Now, with the uh, Russia-Ukraine war happening, I would love to know how you got here. Like, how did you get into stationery, paper, and leather goods? Mm-hmm. What's your journey? Yeah,
0: the journey is—it's a bit a crazy journey, and it's—it's uh, it's been a long journey to be honest. But I think it's—it's it's part of the part of the deal, so to say. Um, I'm not from the leather or paper industry. I don't have the background in craftsmanship, whatever. Uh, absolutely not. Um, what I studied, uh, I studied actually political sciences in France. So my background is uh, history, economics, politics. Um, and then I studied European law. So I have a master's in, in European politics in, in, in Belgium. Um, and so that, that's, that's what I studied. So um, um, we can speak about <laughs> European politics if you want. I'm not the best expert, actually, uh, in leather and paper. Everything, I, um, I learned everything on, on the ground, so to say. So uh, I learned just by doing. Uh, but my background is, is definitely more more politics. So, so what I did is I, I ended up in, in, in Belgium studying um, EU law, EU politics. So I ended up in the European bubble in Brussels, um, just working first in a think tank, then uh, as a lobbyist in Brussels. And after some time, I just got some bit, a little bit fed up about about this this kind of um, job. So I went to Austria. Long story short, uh, and uh, applied for a job as a as a business consultant for for a big US company. So I was a, I was a business consultant, and I did this for two three years. So a very interesting job, very very uh, demanding, very challenging, and working a lot of international projects. Uh, but I think, uh, like many people, I, I just found like that was not the thing I wanted to do. Really, I uh, didn't find myself in the job I was doing. Was fed up of, of working on projects I didn't really believe in, um, even though it was it was very challenging. Uh, I didn't find my, my the why I'm, I'm doing it. Actually, I think so. Um, decided to to quit my job. Um, Say okay, let's start from the beginning. Uh, let's take some time to think through uh, what I want to do. And I just realized actually the the one thing I want to do is is to have to be free. Like really to be free, not to have to ask anyone if I can fail or succeed, if I can do this or if I can take holidays, uh, and and if I want to have success, that's my success. If I have failure, that will be my responsibility. And and then so the clear path to it was to be um, what I wanted to be as an entrepreneur. So um, from there I was like, okay, well w- w- it's nice to be an entrepreneur. What what can you do actually? And and I just had this this really this passion for for writing for. For having a diary, for writing notebooks, writing notes, and I couldn't find the notebook I wanted to have. So, uh, from a problem, I can't find something I like and I believe in, uh, to the solution, okay, let's do this and let's try to do it. Um, there was a clear path, so I decided to, to start my company in, in doing um, analog notebooks and, and diaries and, and paper and leather. Uh, and try to sell it. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a crazy story because, as I told you, you didn't know anything about paper or leather or stationery, really nothing. Um, and it, everyone was selling, uh, like, in the day of the internet and, and the iPhone and digital communication, why do you want to sell uh, analog notebooks? It's, it's completely crazy. So um, I think I did like the challenge of, of going against the tides, so say, against the waves, uh, and I say, okay, no, I'm, I'm, gonna try it. It's, it's, a crazy project. If it's crazy, it's, it's a good project. And, um, and from, I wouldn't say, I would say there was no big business plan or, or, um, great, uh, clear path to, to, success. It was just like, okay, I want to do it. Let's, let's try it. And then from, from, yeah, day after day, just, just grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, I mean, paper Republic is still a small company, but now we are about 25 people. Um, selling like in a lot of countries intentionally and then we're growing very fast. So it's, um, it's a kind of, of success story, I would say.
1: What a journey. I, I <laughs> Thank s- you. I say this a lot on the podcast, but I mean it every time. When is the movie coming out? <laughs> That's uh, actually, a movie.
0: It's a movie. <laughs> nice. Um, not so far. Actually, we, we've just launched a paper on public TV uh, where well, we're doing a, a kind of uh, show. I mean, it's oh, it's a secret. I, I shouldn't say it, uh, but it's it's still going to be out. So we're doing a show with the, with the team and and everyone uh, here in Paper Public where we're explaining a few things in the background, everything. So we're we're not in the movies yet. It's not Hollywood, but it's a uh, it's a TV. So yeah, the first step. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying it would be super interesting to see a movie about. A guy who's in a job that very important that should be very rewarding, but doesn't feel it's rewarding. So he travels to a foreign land and discovers his passion and then turns it into a business. And there and then you you bring in a romantic story, you weave it in, then you put a crazy friend that <laughs> push that's super supportive, but also kind of crazy. And there is a there's a movie to be written. There's a movie if, if in a few years it comes out that I wrote it. It did not happen from this conversation. Just saying, it's <laughs> this it doesn't count as evidence. But I, I love that. I love hearing that. I, I think something that weaves the this podcast together is the stories of people saying, "I was curious about this. I liked this. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what happened." Just mm-hmm. having that momentum and building from it. Mm-hmm. And I have a question for you. Very controversial. Tell me. How do you feel about digital books?
0: Digital books, I, um, I don't use them. I'm, I'm about books, I'm, I'm, I love books. I have so many books. The, the one thing I love most in my, in my, my life is books. Um, and I need a paper to, to read books. I, I'm not, not saying that I'm the only one like this. Maybe there are some people, it's, it's better to have digital books. I, I need paper for books. I need to have the, the object in my hands and I need to, to, to look at some pages and then two days later to go back and look at other pages and to keep it like with me and then to give it to people and to bring it back and to have it so i i i truly believe in books as objects um this side i mean um what is important as well is to be able to read so so if people find it like better for them and if they have uh, easier access to 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 knowledge and to literature and to to, to dreams through digital books like i think thing is to read right so that's the main criterion for me. Uh, just read if you read a lot and, and, and whatever the medium in the end it's it's the most important thing. but personally I I need I need paper books. I've never read I've never read an ebook in my life to, to be honest.
1: Oh wow, a purist. Yeah. <laughs> I, on a past episode with a musician named uh, Dan Elliott, we had a very passionate discussion because I, I'm like you. I like paper books I I'm not a person, like I would struggle reading when I was younger. And until last year, I didn't know what books I liked. I forced myself to read books that I didn't like because I thought this is what everybody's reading. But then I found what books I like. And I am what my sister would call a sociopath because uh-huh. I write on books. Like I like making little notes. I like highlighting parts that I think are relevant. That's why um, like one of your products, the Le loop was really good for me because it's, a, it's, a, it's good to mark the page but also mm-hmm. holds my pencil or my pen so I don't have to be frantically looking for it at home, which is great. Um, but yeah, for me, is special that feeling when you're reading, feeling that the left side starts very thin and the right side is thicker and just going through the pages and feel them switch. Like that is mm-hmm. a very special feeling for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, you, you know, I, I think as well, it's uh, the importance of the object is not to be underestimated as, as an object. Like a book is an object as well. An object you can touch, an object you can put somewhere, and then an, an object you can give to someone, and an object you can give to your kids or to your family, and and which, which like lasts longer I, as you actually. I have books from my grand grandparents, and from my grandfather, and from my father, and and when I'm going back home, like I, I can read books like I, I, I know that they, 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 they did belong to my to my grandfather, for example, and it's just passing on knowledge uh, between generation as well, and. Uh, if, if my grandfather had had a, a Amazon Kindle at that time I don't I don't think I would be reading his books uh, now I just like um, so it's like like having a, it's, it's nice to have music on your only on your um, uh, apple music um, but not, if you don't have a medium that physical medium to, to pass on the knowledge or or the the music or or um, uh, yeah the knowledge then then it's, it's it becomes difficult to to, to pass on the knowledge to other people. And I think as as people and and, and humanity is based on, on passing on knowledge to other people, right? Um, from from the younger age to the to, to older people, you need, you need to pass on knowledge. So you do this through speaking to people, to communicating, to, to building projects, to having uh, um, uh, companies or whatever. But then you need at some point as well to, to write things down, to, 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 to to save music or whatever. So, so you need the object at some point. And, and this is how we, we evolve as a spacey. Um, and in and, and, and that respect, I believe in the books as much as believe in, in, in notebooks, in, in something like physical, where you can write um, memories or ideas or creativity, whatever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I use an iPhone and a computer. And I'm very, very modern still, but um, I, I do believe in, in, in the necessity for us to have a, a physical medium. I love that. This makes sense.
1: It it does and and I and I I really love it. I think there is a true difference between there are two ways to record history. You can record history through people, through telling stories, through storytelling or you can record history mm-hmm. through physical objects. So I went I was lucky enough to go to Ireland recently with my boyfriend mm-hmm. and we got to see this Bible that it's 2000 years old. Mm-hmm. And I thought this thing, and I'm a graphic designer, so to me that was fascinating. It's like the, the scribes, the scribes were really the first graphic designers, the amount, the level of care that went into the paper, the colors, that no A, no capital letter is ever the same. It's all based on animals and there's a history and there's a richness to it. And then to see this object and think all the things that have happened in humanity and this object is still here. And mm-hmm. then it will probably still be here. I hope that it's still here for a few more, a few centuries more so other people can enjoy it. And it's, to me, it feels like the physical transference of passion between generations. It's putting mm-hmm. your passion into an object and just letting it go to the next person. And mm-hmm. with digital medium, sadly, I think we leave behind a lot of the weight, that. the, that the touch, the feel, the how is, the smell, all—all all of our other senses are left a little bit behind, and that's why I personally love physical objects and fine leather goods.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, who who brought this passion in you? Um, you spoke about your grandfather and the books that he, that he gave you, and you have from him. So. Do you, who who were your teachers in this journey? Who were the people who inspired you? The people who pushed you? Um, did mm-hmm. you have anybody when you were just starting Paper Republic that was a figure that you saw as a mentor, as a teacher?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really not from a an entrepreneur family, and um, and I'm not from an entrepreneur background. In the even like from what I studied, like all my my friends from my from my university, they they're not entrepreneurs; they're more um like um yeah university or or civil servants um so i didn't have really like a a mentor or someone i did admire um in, in the entrepreneurship journey it was really something like i just like felt the need to to do my to do to do the stuff i like and just to try it and and not to follow a path that was already like uh made for me before so uh, on, on the entrepreneur I really learned everything myself like from from the leather and paper to, to really like like doing business I just just had no clue about it uh, but like in life in general I think we all need like teachers and mentors and we need coach and we need people we admire and we respect and then who bring us forward so so from from the family of course um, to to at school some some teachers which I think had a, a big impact on me like um, I remember a history teacher when I was in high school uh, I remember a uh, um, a teacher when I was about seven eight very very strong very very harsh as well like old school but like learning a lot with, with him as well um, I remember like my my I played music so I remember my vala uh, teacher when I was when I was a kid uh, a lot of people just bring you stuff like that doesn't have to be related to what you study or what you do in life or as a business but I think along in your life you need to have these figures these people this mentors even if they don't see themselves as mentors um, and then people who you can yeah refer to and, and this is how we, we we go forward so
1: yeah oh that's amazing
0: <laughs> and yeah.
1: so the, the whole entrepreneurial side that was pure trial and error so experience absolutely. was your teacher
0: completely completely like absolutely completely yeah
1: can you give us just like maybe that doesn't have to be the biggest fuck up you made but like one Mm. that you said like ah like like, that's the one that is in the back of your head every day
0: (laughs) every day i think i think as an entrepreneur you need to make mistakes you need to love being, being making mistakes uh this is how you you move forward so i would say every day i say like oh shit i did like five things wrong um but as, as long as they did one real thing right, I think it's fine. And I think as, as long as you realize the things you did wrong, um, I think it's fine as well. Um, I, I don't think I've, I've got so many things like you, in retrospect, like a few years later, you say like, why did I do this? Uh, why I was so naive or, or something. Um, I, I remember, for example, like when I just started, I just, I just didn't know how to sell my notebooks. I think it's one of the mistakes you make when you start a company. You figured out everything like the logo, the details, the type form, the, the everything, the colors, the products, the size, the name, the legal stuff, everything. You spend like a month working on this. But you forget one thing is like, how, how am I going to sell my products all my, my service? Like everyone is doing this mistake. Like they, they make it, everything's perfect. But then like when, once you're there, how do I sell my, 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 my stuff? And I must say, like I kind of did that missing. I was a bit naive as well. So I just felt like I'm going to take my, my notebooks in the big bag and I'm just going to look for retailers in, in the street, literally. So I just took a big leather bag, put some notebooks in it, a price list, and then just like went to shops who were selling like paper and, and notebooks and tell, told them like, do you want uh, a nice notebooks from a nice brand from Austria? And actually it did work. It did work. Like, like it was fine. Like people were just amused. They were just like amazed. Like someone were able, uh, Were just coming there entering and say, okay, well I have a, a nice package of 10 notebooks for, I don't know, hundred euros. Uh, it was crazy. And then, and then, and I went to Germany, like because Austria is very small, so you don't have a lot of shops. So I went to Germany and then it just, just didn't work. Like I was not prepared. So I just remember walking like hours in, in Munich just trying to find the retailers and then selling them the notebooks and just of course didn't work. Um, so at that point, like I realized, that, well, this is a dead end. I need I need to change a bit my strategy and to think about how am I going to sell my notebooks. Um, what, what is my marketing strategy like? Um, and then then of course then I change and then and so in a, in in a sense it was it was a mistake as you as you say, um, but at the same time I, I learned from it and then. Um, i moved to something else and then took some decisions we i think where i learned a lot and then from this decision took other decisions decision and then um yeah you just move forward i think um the most important thing is is to never give up never give up like even when you believe in what you do and and the products you have you should never give up and and just like just means like if you if you have a failure it just means that you haven't done enough so i didn't have done enough like research on my on the market on how to sell my products I think that was the mistake, so so I had to think through this like a bit more, and and be less naive. And then yeah, this is what I did. Um, so yeah, so some funny story. But uh, <laughs> I just, I, I've kept this this big leather bag where I put all my notebooks. I've kept it as a as a really like uh, uh, something like to remember where where I come from. Like I was really the one uh, going from shop to shop to try trying to sell our, our notebooks.
1: I love it. That's so precious. <laughs> I would also keep it. It's like keeping the first euro you ever make, you you keep exactly. it. it. It's 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 exactly. precious. And I personally love that you made a difference between um, that a lot of people really struggle in their entrepreneur and they say like, okay, I have to try twenty times harder. But you mm-hmm. what well, you said, it's true. Like maybe it's not about trying harder. It's about taking a step back and seeing like, okay, what don't I know? Mm-hmm. And am I trying harder in the right place or am I trying harder in the wrong place? Or like be Mm -hmm. smart, like just taking those steps. And I think a lot of people don't think that they don't have to take a step back and analyze Mm -hmm. and think, Mm -hmm. but that's also important saying, okay, not it's, I, I, I like to put it this way. If you want to jump a cliff, you can mm-hmm. try very very hard, but there's a limit to how far a human being can jump. Maybe you need mm-hmm. to build a bridge instead.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And to to continue, it's the next. The next section is like you as a teacher, and mm-hmm. here comes my question. It's so I know that all the products I know, thanks to the Instagram account, which I can only recommend all the products are made in house. So you Mm -hmm. receive the leather from the people Mm -hmm. who give it the colors because the colors are beautiful, man. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: I'm I'm,
1: I'm trying really hard to not start ranting about how much I love the products. I'm I'm really trying. Um, (laughs) But then uh, in... Then you have your makers, the so you people who cut it to perfection, then mm-hmm. sew it, b- burn it. Sometimes we press it. It's it's to make it as perfect as it is. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Do, do you guide them through that process, or how do you train these
0: people? No, because is... I'm, not, I'm not the expert. I, I I don't have the I don't have the knowledge about it, and I don't pretend to have it. What What I have is I, I think a certain sense for business. What I learned through the years. Uh, certain sense for for design and for for i would say my my understanding of of beauty of of good looking stuff and i, I have my, my my understanding for it and uh, so i can can guide them through that but i'm not the leather experts uh, i'm not the i'm not the perfect marketing expert neither um, but the the we, we have people who are real leather experts so they, they studied like leather craft in a, in a school in vienna which is like three years curriculum where where they have to learn leather and they learn everything and they're really really good i mean they're worldwide like some of the best for sure uh, they're very really young uh but they're really really good so um i, I couldn't couldn't uh use a a, a sewing machine for example um, <laughs> so so i I wouldn't help anyone and actually when I try to do something they just like tell me to get away from the from the factory or from the place where where we produce stuff because I always like <laughs> I always make mistakes or, or stuff. Um, what, what is funny is when when I started the company, I still had to do some prototypes. So uh, I, I just went to Italy and, and bought this leather. Uh, it was very expensive, just one skin of leather. I brought it back in the night train from from Italy to Vienna, and then I tried to cut leather from it. So I just went to a, to a little shop next door, bought a, 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 a knife to, to cut leather, and just, just tried to cut the leather and make some holes in it. On, on my table and I just I was just trying to to do some stuff myself. And in the end I just managed to do a halfway good prototype. But then at some point you need the you need the experts. You need the, the real other workers. So what I was able to do is some to do some real like somehow the prototypes, but not more. Um, no what I try to to teach people is is exactly this like entrepreneur mindset. So to be in a company is not to just to do one thing and and I don't see like us as a company where there is someone for fulfillment, the other one for production, the other one for accounting and the other one for marketing. So I try to put people in a, in a position where they have to take like initiatives where they need to have ideas, where they need to, to go out, out uh, outside from their comfort zone um, and, and to try new stuff. So um, this is really like why, where I am. And, and I see my job as, as someone who has to, to give the vision and to, to, to push people and, and to see their potential. And then looking at people, you see like, oh, well, actually this person is really gifted in doing something else. And then just trying to give the right project to these people so they can learn new stuff, maybe sometimes completely new stuff and just move on in the life. Um, um, that, that's what, that's my, my mission. Uh, and um, But I, I wouldn't be able to teach anyone like leather skills. Uh, I'm not the right person for that.
1: Yeah, outsourcing is a thing. I personally mm-hmm. love outsourcing. I don't know how to do some stuff. I am also afraid of sewing machines, even mm. though I've seen my mom using it since I was born, basically. But I cannot mm. thread a sewing machine to save my life. So I make a clunky prototype and I give it to somebody who can do it better. It's just the way it is. It's knowing your strength. Mm. I think that's also a key mm. a key point, knowing your strengths.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And at some point, you, you need the experts, you need the professional, and, and you need to find the right people for that. Absolutely. I fully agree.
1: And now the next part is the future of creative education, because right mm-hmm. now we're going full digital. Like everybody it sees technology as the next frontier and the next thing that we have to do and use. And I would love to know what you think. What do you think it's because before, if I wanted to learn how to make a beautifully mm-hmm. crafted notebook, I could just go to a leather maker and they would teach me how to mm-hmm. do it. And, now we don't have those kind of things. We go to places like the Vienna School of Le- Le- School for Leather. That's what it's mm-hmm. called.
0: Um, yes, it's called the Vienna uh, the Vienna School of Leather. I think yeah.
1: Yeah, Vienna yeah, School of Leather, and we mm-hmm. go places like that, and we learn. And but also, it's a craft that's dying. A lot of people are going for techie jobs, and we're losing those mm-hmm. those crafts, which. Mm-hmm. I think are beautiful and I really don't want to lose them. So what do you think it's going on? Where do you think we're going to go? What would you like to see? This is a very broad topic. It's like, it's just mm-hmm. a chat, just a friendly
0: chat. Yes. Yeah. Um, my, my, my personal, I mean, I'm I'm someone who really believe in. You need to, to be a, in, a, in a place to learn some stuff at some point. So you need to, to have the contact of the teacher. You need to see the teacher, to feel the teacher, to have this interaction in a room with a teacher, whether you learn philosophy or leather craft or, or, um, or sociology, you need to see and to feel the teacher and to have this interaction in a room at some point. Um, and I, I see this with, um, with, with the, the people here who are the leather experts. You, you learn this because you see, the, you see the, the, the teacher, the master, the leather masters working every day on a little piece of leather and putting exactly the, the knife as in a certain way and then gluing it in a certain way and then sewing it in a certain way. And you can learn a lot of things on internet, but I think having the contact for, for so long with someone in a room, I think it's absolutely necessary. Um, but this said, I think, I think digital education has so many opportunities. I mean, we need to be uh, open for it um, and, and see it like, I see it myself, like, um, and I think that's the, one of the grand, great strengths of the internet is to have this ability to spread knowledge and, and interest in, in communication like, so widely and everywhere. So I personally love it. Like if, if, if you want to learn some, some philosophy courses uh, from Stanford, you can do it from, from a podcast. Um, if you want to learn some good leather craft, actually, you can find some good leather uh, artisans showing you how to cut leather from their workshop on YouTube and maybe you won't be the absolute uh, leather uh, craftsman uh, perfect master but you will still learn some good stuff i think Um, and you can be in a remote place in india and learn from people from Chile or whatever so i think i I think this mix and this this great um, um, the ability to spread knowledge through the internet is, is really like the one thing where i'm absolutely amazed by by the time where we're living in uh it's it's just great so I think it's certainly like the the future is certainly in in between this, uh, between like the ability to learn a lot of things digitally, like from languages to to um, sociology and, and and whatever online, to to the necessity to be in a room with someone and to just to to have this old style uh, uh, training like like we had before between a master and a teacher in a room where where you are in a very close uh, interaction with with someone and. Um, I think we will, we will go somewhere in between.
1: Hey friend, it's Alex. Just interrupting this conversation to remind you that in order to have the optimal experience and enjoy all the links in the show notes, you can subscribe to the show on any platform you're using to listen to this podcast and yeah it supports the show it will improve the algorithm for you so it would show you more shows like this one that you will potentially like and if you wish to support the show you can follow us on social media all the links are in the show notes as well as a link to buy me a coffee which yeah will help pay for the hosting and i also love coffee but enough my babble let's get back to the show I think so too. And you're totally right. I mean, I can watch 30 YouTube videos about how to make a cake, but let's face it. If I never go to the kitchen, I'm not going to learn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and then two things I think you need, you need the dedication to do this over a long period of time. So you can make a a online course about exactly as you said, like how to make a, a leather purse. So maybe you can make a leather purse, but you won't be able to make a bag and a shoe and a, and anything in 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 leather. So so there is a difference between doing three courses of two hours and doing a masters of 3 years. There is time. Time is a, is a something uh, which is like really underestimated. And then there is the interaction with other students, with other people as well, not only with the teacher but with the students. I, I remember like the interaction I had in my 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 study in my masters. Uh, I think it was as much as valuable as as the interaction with the teachers. And and the interaction with other human beings in the same situation as, as us, it has to happen in, in a physical space, uh, and this is why you need a campus. This is why you need a, a teaching room. This is why you need like people. Just just the human interaction and, and the learning from from this is is uh, really in, uh, super important. So um, yes, but I, mean, I think it's it's a sign of the time. Uh, we, we can learn a lot, a lot of things uh, and be kind of uh, okay and good at a lot of more stuff than before, like from doing uh, uh, Spanish uh, tapas to uh, learning how to make a leather purse and be, an ex- uh, be some, somehow good in chi- chi- Chinese bookbinding. And our, our parents would, would have never even like known about this, but we're not able to be uh, the absolute experts in one field uh, as before. Uh, suddenly, like... Uh, um, yeah, the modern times, this is where we are. Don't not, you think?
1: It, you're totally correct. It's the transition that before our parents and our grandparents had to like specialize on one thing, and they were masters of that one thing. And then mm. the newer generations, they just have so much scattered knowledge. And then it comes to, like, they're the building blocks, and we're trying to put them together. But then mm-hmm. there's also a benefit in having a wide reach of knowledge because then you can pick up from different things and put new things Absolutely. together.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. i've I've had such a great time with you. We finished it. like it's been like I feel it's it's been I
0: feel
1: like I, feel like I drank five cups of coffee to be honest.
0: <laughs> that's good. That's good <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, That's great. Um, so I would love to talk to you now about like plug in a little bit about. Paper Republic itself, and what new things you have coming. I would love to talk about the collaboration that, another well, collaboration, mm-hmm. the project of the notebooks that are for Ukraine to benefit the Ukraine and Russia team. You wrote mm-hmm. a very mm-hmm. beautiful letter on the newsletter on on the newsletter, and I would Thank love you. to give you space to talk about that.
0: Thank you. Um, if you want to, of course. Of course, yeah. So we, as as a company, Paper Republic, we released a Ukrainian edition of our notebooks, which is an edition where. Everyone has been involved and has been working for free, from the designer to the to the bookbinders and the printers and and everyone. And 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 we work with the designer from Ukraine, a a woman who's super talented, and make two notebooks from from from, with her. And all all literally all the proceeds, all the sales, uh, go to uh, to charitable projects in Ukraine. And and the story is like I've I've I funded People uh, Republic, almost. Nine years ago, and from for seven years, I've been working with Arthur, uh, who's um, uh, now the, the lead, the, the manager of, of a team of developers of IT developers in Ukraine. Um, so we've uh, I've known Arthur for uh, Arthur for years, and is a uh, almost a friend for us. Of course, he's a business partner, but also a friend, and he's been doing all the all the IT and all the web development for us for forever. So I feel really in a close bond with uh, with this team, and of course, when when the war started, we. I felt and we felt like really like we had to do something, and it was not possible to to continue business as usual and to to think like oh well maybe this is going to end somewhere or whatever like business as usual was just not possible for for me at least. So so we said like first we, we took a very very clear position I think from from the beginning uh, towards our clients and and um, and and as soon as we could we we. We developed this uh edition just to, to, to raise funds and and all the all the money goes to Arthur, who's actually now uh, working twenty four seven, not only on his company, but as well on on projects to help refugee, to help the the uh, military hospital warriors and uh, the defense units. And all the money go directly to to, to, to his foundation and then is is just spending the money to different foundations on on the ground. So actually like we were able to to raise funds super quickly to spend to give it super quickly, and he was able to to spend this money also super quickly. So, so we were able to to, to have the project launch in, in within two weeks, which is great. And because time is running really for for them, is uh, it's a matter of sometimes of hours. So, so this is what we've done, and I think it's part of the to me the the values uh, of of Paper Republic is um, we are of course business, and and we remain neutral most of the time, but when there are things happening where we feel our core values are at stake. We, we take a stance and, 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 and do something about it. Um, and in general, my, my feeling is we, we cannot remain silent in Europe about this. We, we cannot. We, we have to do something. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people want to do something but don't know what to do. They just feel like like they're, they're absolutely unable to, to make a difference. And I think we all, all can make a difference by taking a stance, by speaking about it, uh, by, by raising money or, I mean, we, we can do a lot of stuff and, and this is what, what I wanted to do. Um, so we're working on that and this edition is still live. So, so we're still selling the notebooks and still, still uh, try and, and we will raise more money for, for Arthur and the team in, in Ukraine. So this is where we are and um, yeah, that's, that's the, the story of, uh, of our cooperation with, um, with Ukraine.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that, and I will definitely put a link to the notebooks in the a direct nice, link, Alex. yeah, on, on the show notes, so people can see it because they're beautiful notebooks. They're, it's, like it's, the they're super
0: nice. They're I mean, just as, as objects, they're incredibly well done. It's super nice paper, good binding, and and then there is this really like nice illustration from uh, from Olga, who's who's a really talented designer. Um, and as I said like uh, literally like all the sales not not the profit the sales everything goes directly to author um, so you give us one euro and we just give it directly uh, next day to to author and the team so and it goes on real project that makes sense so that that's super important
1: I think I think you're totally right a lot of people don't know what to do don't know how to help and mm-hmm. I personally, I feel like when I'm donating to big organizations like the Red Cross or Greenpeace, I am giving to overhead, which is what happens a lot. So I, my choice was to buy one of these notebooks and give it to one of my friends because I felt like, okay, this is a face. It's a, it's a small business who's helping somebody on the ground who is really putting Mm -hmm. the resource to work. So I'll definitely link that in the show notes as where the links to the artist because her illustrations are really beautiful. And yeah, I think this is a beautiful place to end the episode. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you would like to plug? Like anything, uh, the company, the social media, any... Which is your favorite product, by the way? I've always wanted to know.
0: <laughs> My favorite product? Yeah. Um, Maybe it's, it's, it's like choosing first... your
1: favorite child, but I don't know. <laughs> Which is your favorite one?
0: Uh, I still have the very first... You know, we know we call the all leather journals. We call them the Grand Voyageur. So I still have the very, very first prototype with me, the first working prototype with me, and it's still, it's, I still carry it with me. It's definitely my favorite when it has a color which is incredible. It is a, it takes like the the age, the the, the patina, as we say. So this this it's not only product, it's an object. This one thing is uh, of course like something uh, I a treasure uh, really. And it's a it's it's, it's a leather journal. Uh, it's a it's a simple product. It's so small. It goes in my pocket, and I just carry it with me. And it just just gets better like every year. And every year, it's uh, even better. So um, yeah, that's that's the of course a very personal relationship. Yeah, I just think they're so beautiful. I just love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, you you need to to pass by in Vienna, and and uh, of course, yeah, we have now a little shop. Yeah, we have a little shop where people can pass by and, and, and buy stuff. And as well, like look at the factory, like how we work, look at the workshop, look at our fulfillment, the design, the people, we have a kitchen. So it's really a place where you can, we can, you can go uh, and, and just spend some good time, look at people, have a nice talk and, and discover some new stuff. So um, anyway, y- y- you, sh- you should go there just, just for the sake of uh, not only for Vienna, but for people public. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a new reason to go. One more to (laughs) the list. Um, Jerome, do you have any books, movies, experiences that you would recommend the listeners, something that you think will help them in their journey into a creative profession or just life? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Since we've been talking so much about books, maybe I'll just keep uh, the focus on on books, maybe. Um, uh, Some of the books which have um, had the most influence on me, I I would say like almost everything by uh, Albert Camus, um, so if you want to, to read something incredibly nice and, and powerful just, just read Les Nos, uh from our, the, uh, Les Nos atipaza it's a little novel that he's written when he was maybe in his 20s still in, in Algeria uh, just before the war and it's, it's uh, super short but beautiful absolutely beautiful um, and um, recently i uh, well, some years ago, I read one of the most amazing books, um, the most powerful books ever. I think it's, I don't know if you know, uh, Varlam Shalamov. Um, he was a, a Russian writer who's been deported to the Gulag, uh, to the Kolyma for about 20 years. So he spent more than 20 years in the, in, in the camps uh, in Siberia. And it's, of course, now it's a very actual uh, book and it's called The, the Kolima Tales um incredibly good incredibly powerful and, and, and terrible really but um, to me the, the greatest uh, one of the last uh, great Russian writer to, to be honest um and if if you can read some German uh, I'm not I don't, I don't know if uh, if you can <laughs> um, but um, I, I'm a really big fan of uh, Thomas Mann so um, the, the magic Mountain um I think it's one of my favorite book for for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah. I think everything. Uh, if if to me books are a place to to get dreams, to get to get like some some ideas, to get a feeling, to get. It's not about to learn something really. It's not about learning business. Or I, I know a lot of people want to find in a book like a solution to life or uh, a tip to be more proficient, more efficient, more powerful, more business, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I rather see books as a place to, to, to think and to, to reflect. Um, oh, and, and, and my favorite philosopher is, uh, is René Girard. I don't know if you know him. Uh, you should really read it. It's so powerful as well. So um, the, I, don't, I think in English it's called The, the Violence and the Sacred. Um, and Girard was a French philosopher who immigrated to the U.S. pretty early in, in, in the mid-20th century. He was a, a teacher at Stanford, actually. And he, he developed an entire uh, theory of mimetism and uh, and uh, and, uh, and violence. Um, so and the scapegoat. So incredibly powerful and um, very interesting. And there's some books which are actually pretty easy to read. So I would definitely recommend it if you're interested in philosophy and, and the evolution of, of mankind. So yeah, that that, that would be the, the kind of th- things I, I think makes like, can help you like see a bit like wider and not only like in your daily business life. I
1: love that. I love that you didn't recommend like, um, what's it called? What's it called? That dude, uh, Tim Robbins, read like Tim Robbins. You're like going for heavy authors. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you so much. And we have made it to the end dear listener i really hope you enjoyed this episode uh you know me i love writing show notes i really do i love sharing knowledge i love putting all the links and right below you have not only a link to the website of paper republic but you also have a link to directly buy the notebooks that Jerome mentioned support ukraine like he said like every euro goes directly to the people on the ground providing aid right now and this is the perfect moment to buy a notebook even if it is for selfish reasons because if you buy this month you will get the first thousand purchases will get a golden ticket which can be a prize of any nature like it can be from a free notebook to a free refill to 500 euros i think that's the biggest one and i am extremely excited about it because i love supporting small businesses and this is an amazing business that deserves support so yeah go at it this is in the show notes go below to show notes click them click them now And as we come to the end of the show, I wanna say thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time. I hope you're enjoying these conversations. Please subscribe to the show, give it a review or give us feedback. It's always welcome. Are there questions you would like to ask creatives or do you have somebody you would like to recommend for the show? You can reach out to me on social media or email, which is all linked in the show notes. To close, thank you for listening again this week. And I hope to be back in your ears very soon. Until then, keep learning and stay curious. Bye.